Hi, and welcome back to Small Way Podcast with Jeremiah. Today, we reach episode number 309. If you're new to this podcast, hi, I'm Jeremiah. Here on this podcast, we tend to motivate you to become the best person that you can be. And if you're one of the originals on the podcast, hey, I miss you guys. And yes, right here is a barstool hat if you see it on video. Um, today, of course, we have Mrs. Stephanie. And Miss Stephanie is one of the most amazing people. She's spectacular. She's an author. She also, well, not even going to ruin it for her. I'm going to let her explain herself and explain who she is. Miss Stephanie, take it away. Oh, Jeremiah, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having energy because it is infectious, um, both to me and I'm sure to those who listen, who are listening today. Uh, so my name is Stephanie Fager and I have, um, Oh gosh. I love when people go kind of explain yourself because I have to share this with you. Anybody listening? Um, there was an experience that happened to me. I was actually impacted by a corporate layoff. I remember when that day happened because the day after I was impacted by this layoff, I had joined a cohort that was meant to help me, uh, build and grow a speaking business. And so I'm meeting this group of this group of people who were very like, have really beautiful credentials and dots and letters after their name. And here I had literally lost my job and we're going around the room and everyone's saying, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm the CEO of this and I'm the founder of this. And they get to me and I'm like, hi, I'm Stephanie Fager. And I stopped and I started to reflect backwards and go, how can I define myself in a way that is that, that is outside of what the world defines us. And I think that's a, just a great way to challenge everyone listening today, because we are bigger than all of that, right? Like, so I am Stephanie figure. I am a Southern gal. You'll hear the accent. I'm from Kentucky. You and I were connecting with that before we um, got recording today. I am a mother of three and my husband and I live on a farm and where we don't grow animals, we grow food and uh, love and spread that to other people. I am also somebody who absolutely at my core loves helping people and helping people. I mean, I, I knew this as a kid, my, uh, when my husband and I got married, the priest identified that as a part of our wedding vows. Like he could tell my husband and I both had that as a core and a core principle. And as I grew in my career, which began in PR marketing and communications and helping companies and individuals within those companies spread their message it has evolved into really the essence of who I am and what I do today. So I am the author of several books and I now help authors all around the world, write books and market them too. So helping is a part of just my, my DNA and the fabric of my life. That is a spectacular synopsis. I love you personally. All right. I have one very difficult question for you. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Oh, that's not difficult. That's totally easy. And I'm putting it, and I say it's easy because I've thought about this. I am, and I'm, and I'm putting the caveat that the people have to be living because I have a whole slew of people who aren't living that I'd love to still have dinner with, but I'm putting this in the universe, Jeremiah, because I believe I'm going to make this happen one day. There is an author. Her name is Jody Picoult. P-I-C-O-U-L-T, Picoult. I never know if my Southern drawl uh, allows people to better to, to articulate her last name, but Jody is an author of an author that I have fallen in love with. She writes fiction books, but writes it through the lens of 
timely things that are happening in the world today and pulls you into the story and makes you really sit back and think like we're talking about social complicated topics, things that people don't always like talking about things that are polarizing and dividing and, and have the power to what I call build, build walls up, right? Like no, you know, you come and you, you grow, you grow up with a set of values and maybe they're different than someone else's. So you might not be open to it. Well, she talks about these really hard topics, but she writes it in a way that, that does what I, what I call on the flip side, it breaks down the walls and it builds bridges. Uh, I, that's what I love about books. It connects people who maybe would never have seen eye to eye in a way that's really comfortable. So Jody Picoult has done that for me. I stumbled upon her when a friend recommended a book of hers years ago. Um, it was a one, my, I believe it's my sister's keeper was the first one that I read and just loved everything about how she wrote and her, her purview on life. And then it has just evolved where I am a Jody Picoult book collector. And I go to bookstores and if I see any of her books that I don't have, I buy one. And I recently bought one of hers that had a, just a gorgeous cover design. And I open it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not a topic I want to talk about. Like I have strong opinions about this topic in her book. And I read it anyway, and just proof that people judge a book by its cover, like a literal book. Cause I did. And then I opened it. I'm like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for that topic. And at any rate, the book was so good. I got done reading it. I told my husband that day, I'm like, I'll see you in a little bit. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm emailing Jody. And I did, I got on the computer. I sent her an email and I'm like, I have no idea if you're going to ever see this Jody, but I just want you to know the power of what your book did for me. And even, and it changed me in a way of my thinking in a way I never would have thought. And even though I'm still comfortable with my perspective on the topic. I'm more open-minded. And do you know, she responded, Oh, she responded. And it was such a, like, I don't know if I can cuss, but she did. It was such a badass comment. Like it was wonderful what she responded back with. And I have just put in the universe that one day Jody and I are going to have coffee and lunch and dinner all in one day. <laughs> We're going to do it all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, speaking of books, Tell me about the three books that, well, two and the other one that we're not going to discuss yet. Tell me about those books. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to talk about all of them. So I, so I get the chance to work with authors, which is pretty amazing because um, they've become people I really look up to, but I also get to see behind the curtain of what it's like to bring a books to life. And what I find is there's kind of two camps in the author world. There's the camp of people who are are like, I always wanted to write a book. That was a part of my, my journey from day one is on my bucket list. And then there's those who go, I had no idea I wanted to write a book, but something within me happened and I had to, I'm on the ladder. I did not grow up wanting to write a book. I always loved reading them, but writing them was not something I wanted to do. But what I have come to find is whether, whatever you call it, God, the universe, capital L life, whatever, um, there, there is a path many times and that, and you can try to veer from that path, but sometimes that path keeps following you and life keeps going. Hello. If you don't do this, I'm not going to let you move forward. And so my first book was born out of a literal dream that I had. And that dream challenged me to shift how I saw the world and how I saw myself. And I woke up from that dream, realizing I had been running from the need to write something very important to me. And, and, and I couldn't run anymore. So I started writing 
I would get up and I was pregnant at the time. I would get up in the middle of the night and, um, have pregnancy insomnia and go, well, I guess it's time to write this morning. And I would start writing. And before I knew it in hiding, I had written an entire book that the world demanded because I I'll share, I'll spare all of the really juicy, amazing details for another chat. If you want to ever have it on how this came to happen. Um, but people started going, Stephanie, when's this book coming out? And so through a process, uh, and actually I mentioned earlier about a layoff, a corporate layoff. I was a part of a massive corporate layoff. The book was being written behind the scenes and that layoff pushed me to get color today, pretty, which is my first book to be published and brought into the world. And that book is a, I call it 35 vignettes of inspirational reflections on how to redefine what success looks like to you and how to live a life through the lens of perspective. You know, when you take a step back and you evaluate literally everything that could happen in your life, Jeremiah, right now, in 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes ago and everywhere in between life is just merely a collection of moments. Each moment like is sewn together to make your life as beautiful as it is. So right now your moment is great, but in five minutes, you could get a call that could completely derail your life or, or completely change it in the positive. And what I found as I was reflecting just on life and, and then the essence of the book was you can't control most of that. You can think you can, right? Like you think you can get to work early because you get up early, but then there's a wreck in the road and you can't get there. Or my family and I just got back from vacation and we were driving to get to the kid's school for meet the teacher. We were perfect on time and we live in the country and we got behind a tractor and I'm like, well, are you kidding me? Like here we had thought we had done it all. And this tractor, this is what happens in the Hills of Kentucky. When you try to get to school, a tractor stops you. And so whether it's as mundane as that or something big, like a diagnosis or a job change or a life change or loss, right? You can't control that. What you can control is your reaction and your response to that situation. So color today, pretty is a 35 vignette experience challenging readers and all of us, even myself, I wrote it for me. It just so happens that I've shared it for the to the world, but challenging us to say, you know what, how can I see how can I see beautiful things even more beautifully? How can I see challenging moments and find some hair, some thin line of silver lining in there? How can I be a part of the change I want to be? And so that was what that book was all about. And what I didn't expect was the moment that book was published, I would actually end up forming a business. Um, once I published the book, people started going, how do you know how to promote the book? And what they didn't realize is my book had no direct alignment with what I do for a living, which was marketing. And so all of these authors started coming to me saying, I need help spreading the word about my book. And that is where my business formed through that process. I started to have people say, well, where, when's book number two coming out? I'm like, it took five years to get book number one. Can we not be happy with that for a minute? And they weren't. So I realized it didn't have to take five years. Actually, book number two is called Color Today Pretty Guided Journal. It's a companion guide to book number one. And I wrote, I would say 90% of it in a day. It's just proof that, you know, um, you can sharpen your writing skills. And also when 
when you become inspired as a writer, it just like comes sometimes it gushes. So the second book is the companion guide because people were realizing when they were reading it, they wanted to really take time in each chapter and reflect on its implications and it's in your, in their personal life. Um, so those are books one and two they're out for the world, but book number three is coming very soon. And it will be my first nonfiction book that's related to actual, the business, the work that I do. So it is a book about how to make your author impact. And it's meant to help authors write marketable books, sell their books and build their businesses around their books. Wow. (laughs) I know so many things. You're welcome. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Next question I have for you. You said that you have three kids. Mm -hmm. What is the most satisfying thing as a parent? Oh my gosh. Um, I will tell you, being a parent is the hardest thing I've ever done on the daily, on the daily, but the most satisfying moments are the moments where I overhear them talking to other people and you can see that all the hard work has paid off. Like you, you hear what they, what they've learned from you and you hope it's only the good things, not the bad things. Cause we all mess up. Um, I had I had my, my youngest who is seven, tell me recently that when he grows up, he wants to, he wants to be like me. And I know that seems very simple, but that is a very loaded statement because when I was impacted by that, my corporate layoff, my company laid off, you know, I think it was like 600 people at that time. Um, I would, it's like a shot to your ego, even though it's something I wanted to happen because I knew that I had a bigger plan. I needed to go down. Losing a job is not, is not easy. And at at that point I had to really reinvent. I was going to say reinvent myself. That's not true, but reinvent how the world perceived me and what I was going to do with the skill sets I've been given in life. And I didn't have a clue on how to do that. At that point, my littlest was very young. So he doesn't even remember mama in the corporate world. And so hearing him say that, what it remind, what it tells me is a couple of things. It tells me that he has seen um, the power of, of how, if you have a dream, you can make that happen. He's seen that he sees me, um, running my own business and writing and helping people. And that he's inspired by that. So I think uh, I'm working with a client right now who, who has written a book on family business and legacy. And there's something that he said that's really rested, um, beautifully with me and changed how I see being a parent. And that comment that my son made really hit me is that all of us, everybody talk to your talk, anybody take a moment and talk to your parents. And the reality is, is your parents, no matter where they are at life, but usually if, if they're on what my author client calls the back end, the back, what is it? The back nine of, he's a golfer. I'm not, but you're into sports. So the back part of your, whatever, anyways, when you're, when you find yourself with less years ahead than behind, um, what you sit back and you sit with is not how much money did I make? How much success did I have? Did I have the big enough house and all the cars and the boats, whatever the thing that you reflect on is what legacy am I leaving? And have I made a difference? And I realized at that moment when my son said that, that I have proven to him that the world can, can tell, you no, but that doesn't mean you stop there. That's, that's special. That's special. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of the country, what is your favorite thing about living in the country? Oh my gosh, the stars. I love the stars. 
um, both in the sky. When we, uh, when my husband and I bought our 25 acre farm, you know, Kentucky, we've lived in Kentucky our whole life, but when we bought the farm, we didn't realize, um, we're only about 15 minutes from the city. So we're not too terribly deep in rural in the rural parts, but I didn't realize how much you can't see the stars until you can see the stars. And then you become quite, um, are quite illuminated by them and in all of them. So I will continuously uh, be in awe when I sit on my back porch and I can count the stars, but not, but also the stars in the sky. There's also really cool stars that show up in the hay fields at certain times of the year. And right now it, it, it happens. Um, and I, and those are call them whatever you want. We call them lightning bugs down here. And literally we get on, we Rosie is what we call her. It's our side by side UTV to drive the 25 acres. And we drive Rosie to the back of the farm where it's, um, there's no people, nobody, you can, you know, you have to drive to get there and the hay is high and you know, the trees are beautiful. And sometimes you'll see deer, but if you do it at the right time of the, of the evening and you turn the lights off of Rosie, it looks like stars glittering over top of the hay and the, and the grass when the lightning bugs are glowing. And it's just a beautiful reminder to me about the beauty that's right under our nose. And the fact that life is really fast and it doesn't have to be like, we get the choice to slow it down and to see the beauty. So whether you get the chance to see the literal stars or the lightning bugs who create stars at night, or whether you are in a fast paced world and, and you know, that slower pace is not as easy to come by. Like beauty is literally in every, in, in every moment, we just have to open our eyes to see it. And the farm, but the farm makes it really easy to do so. <laughs> It's also really hard. I have to cut all that grass. <laughs> oh, the, the grass. It grows back within a couple of days. Yeah. I know. What's up with that? What's up with that? It's a process. Yeah. I have, I think I have a few more questions. One sure. of them, uh, let's see. Let's see. I, I had it right here. <laughs> okay. I got it. So this is a new question that I got from a, a from what I've learned. Sure. If you are in a box, is you imagine yourself in a square area, what's the first thing that you do? Oh my gosh. Um, I throw the box away. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll answer probably the way you want me to, but then I'm going to answer it this other way. I don't like boxes. I don't like being constrained. I don't like being, um, held back. I'm a creative. And when I feel boxed in, I, uh, I don't, I don't function to my highest level of excellence. And I find if I am in a box that, and I can't have the capacity to change that. I find I use what I have to still be creative. So I use, um, I spend a lot of time in my mind. I was talking to my dad this uh, past weekend. We just got home from a, from a trip out of town. And I don't know, Jeremiah, if you, this would be a good question. I'm putting one back to you. I did not know that there are people who cannot visualize. Did you know this? Yes. I did not know this. And I'm like, I remember going down the road one day and I always drive and my husband's sitting over there. I'm like, what you thinking about? He's like, nothing. I'm like, sure you are. What you thinking about? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, come on, what are you thinking about? And he's like, nothing, Stephanie. And he really couldn't, like, I don't think he has the ability to visualize. So I mentioned it to my dad on vacation. I said, can you visualize? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're joking me. I did not realize 
that that's a real thing, that there are people who can't. So if I were in a box and I couldn't change anything, I would visualize, um, and become creative in my mind. I am very, uh, I didn't realize that was a skill that I had, but I have a beautiful and quite annoying brain that likes to run in every direction and create all these visualizations. So I'd probably do that. That's probably, if that's the way you want me to answer, I'll stop there, but I'm going to add another layer. I actually, right before the pandemic hit, actually that's, that's a lie. The day the pandemic hit and, and I say the day the pandemic hit the day it hit in Kentucky. Now you're in California. So there was like a, a wave, a pulse, right? It took a while for it to get to us, for us to know the severity of what was going on in the country or in the world. But the day that it hit us here and we knew that pretty much there was a shutdown and the world was about to change. I was a part of a cohort of women who had an amazing presenter who was scheduled to do a zoom call for us. She was teaching us about sales for business and we get on. And quite frankly, can you imagine talking about business sales when the world is crumbling? Like that, that was probably the worst topic for that call because we didn't know if anybody would buy anything, you know, we were more worried about if we needed to go to the grocery and get toilet paper, you know, that situation. So she pivoted and her whole talk was about how to, um, think different. And so she asked everybody in this proverbial room, um, to reflect on what's the difference between think different and think differently. And when she got to me at, I was the last one and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I shared this with her. I said, you know, I think we are called to think differently. That's what most people think. And what that means is you think outside the box. So you found this box that you work in it's nice and square and comfortable. Uh, but sometimes you have to get a little creative. You have to flex here and flex there and kind of see if you can make the box go from a, uh, 12 by 12 to, you know, a, a, a 12 by 18, right? How can you kind of adjust it? But I realized in the thick of the pandemic at that moment, and um, as a follow-up to your question, sometimes we don't need to just think differently. Sometimes we need to think different altogether. And how can you take this box of you or your life or your job or whatever that that works or did work, sometimes you have to like compartmentalize it, like go put it in the closet, close the door and create something new altogether, like a whole new box. So when you said, what would you do? My first thought is, oh, I'm getting rid of the box because a box confines me. But sometimes, sometimes thinking differently and adjusting your box is the right thing to do in, um, just in your own life. And other times that box is so restrictive. You need to say, listen, I'm not creating a box. I'm going, or the, I'm not creating within this box. I'll go create a whole new one altogether. So I had to add that in there, even though I'm not sure that was what you were looking for, but it was the perfect leeway into um, that really cool learning I got. That was spectacular. See, I, <laughs> I have the questions. All right, I got one more for you. What keeps okay, bring you motivated? It. Say it again. What keeps you motivated? Well, fortunately, unfortunately, I am... I am someone who is always in competition with myself. So I don't look at other people as a source of motivation or source of competition. Sometimes people look at competition as a motivation tool. I don't, I am um, highly competitive with me, myself, and I, and that is annoying. I wish I could fix it, but you can't just a part of my life. Um, but I am also very motivated, um, outside of my own personal competitiveness, I am motivated by people. So, you know, money doesn't drive me stuff. Does it money will go away stuff breaks. 
Um, but people and connections motivate me. So when I look at anytime I push myself a little bit harder, uh, or I keep kind of getting up and moving in the morning, it's because there are more people in this world I'm supposed to help. And when I can do that, or when I get the chance to do like a real, a real invigorating and motivating chit chat with somebody, and I can see something good coming to them. Um, it's meaningful to me. I had a client of mine say one day, and it really meant a lot to me. She said, Stephanie, um, I've realized when I win, you win. And I think that's kind of like my life motto. Like my goal is my, what motivates me is to help other people win. I respect that. I respect that. I love that. <laughs> Personally, well, do you have anything that you would like to add, my friend? Any besides the books? Do you have anything new projects? Anything at all? Well, oh gosh, yes, I'm sure I have lots of things to add. Let's see. Well, from a business standpoint, I am the founder of the Empower PR Group, and we help nonfiction authors in their book process. I think everybody has a story in them. I don't think everybody is called to write that story. I don't think that's the only way that you have to share your story, but if writing your story is something that intrigues you, I would love to have a chat with you and, uh, and discuss what a book has the power to do because I just love books and who doesn't. Right. Um, but Outside of the business side of things, on a personal level, I just want to reiterate something. When I wrote Color Today Pretty, I remember talking in depth with my publisher and editor and book formatter. And um, I did a video and all the everything that I do that touches that. I'm very cognizant and very aware about the fact that culturally, when we talk about the power of attraction or positivity or optimism, which is really baked in who I am, it feels very much like we're living in the clouds, right? Like it just feels like a very aspirational idea. And it could be, you know, some people share motivational elements of their life in a way that is meant to, um, that kind of can feel, um, hokey, right? Like rainbows and butterflies go stand under the rainbow and just enjoy it. Right. That's wonderful. And I, I love when life works that way, but the truth is, is that it doesn't always. And I want, you know, those listening today to realize when I talk about the power of perspective, when I talk about how, um, you hold the key to what your success and happiness looks like, I am speaking from a place of, um, of challenge. I've gone through my own. I've you know lost a child. I've dealt with um, horrific things in my life. I, I deal with medical diagnosis diagnoses. You know, I have, we all have things, we all have baggage, but I want everyone to realize that it's not a living in the clouds, far away thing that like close within you, you really do have the power to decide how today or how this moment is going to work for you. It's going to happen no matter what, but you can choose. Is it going to propel you forward or hold you back? Only you can make that choice. And so I want, I want your listeners to, to leave to this moment, realizing that you may have messed up every moment up until now, or you may have at least felt that way, or you may have had a great, lots of great moments. And just five minutes ago, you know, you were in, um, and, and having road rage because someone cut you off. That's fine. Like life will happen, but right this second, like you get to choose what's coming. You get to choose your attitude and how you're going to react and respond to this current moment. And I can guarantee you when you get in the business of collecting people, friendships, amazing moments, um, perspective, like 
everything in your life really will shift (laughs) and you will start to see how um, beautiful every day is. And I think if I could, you know, plant that seed in someone, I think it would be a mic drop moment. It would be a day worth had and a, and a podcast worth listening to. That was beautiful. <laughs> that no, was thank beautiful. you. Of course. Of course. Well, uh, this is the worst part about the job. <laughs> the end to the next episode of Smart Way Podcast is Jeremiah. And of course, Stephanie. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>